It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 58 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, September 28th, 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. I'm joined this week by Ashley from the Black Truck team. Hello. Hey. Hi. How are you? Good. Happy 20th birthday to Google this week, or this month. Yeah. <laughs> I was thrown off. I thought you were wishing me a happy birthday. I was like, no, 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 no. no. not your birthday. No. But I think seriously, so I, I wanted to open this uh, this episode up. Uh, if, if you haven't guessed by wishing Google a happy birthday, what, what our theme is and what we're going to talk about here today. But seriously, I think as, as much as we, as SEOs, certainly sit around here and curse many of the moves that Google makes and a lot of digital marketers do, if it were not for them, we wouldn't have such a robust community centered around SEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Truck probably would not exist in its... In its um, current form, at least in what we do. And the Redirect podcast wouldn't be a thing and we wouldn't be here talking to everyone about search marketing and how to make your brand grow online, period. So um, I think you also can't argue something that's kind of stuck out to me as as I was reading through a lot of the news this week was you can't really argue the fact that pretty much one company soapbox moment here. <laughs> One company has kind of single-handedly connected the world just simply based off of its quest to organize information. Yeah. So, um, you know, this this past week, I believe it was on the 24th, uh, the 20th anniversary and the future of search event for Google happened, I think, out in San Francisco. And so much of what we're going to talk about and, and maybe banter on mm-hmm. is more what that event covered, um, some highlights and, uh, and, and what's to come. So, um, Ashley, what did you, uh, I know there were three, what Google's really kind of picked on were three key areas. At least there's a couple really great, um, um, blog posts out there already. Obviously, um, search engine land has a lot of really great, uh, coverage on it, but, um, Google's Danny Sullivan has covered a lot of things, and the biggest the biggest three areas, the fundamental shifts that they talked about mm-hmm. were the shifts from answers to journeys, the shift from queries to providing a queryless way to get information, and then the shift from text to more visual way of finding information. So um, let's maybe start there and talk about some of those. Sure. I mean, and they broke those down in different ways. Um, yeah, unique ways, I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah, so the shift from answers to journeys. Um, we can talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they have added these new features, which I didn't catch when they're really rolling out. <laughs> Did you? I- not, not necessarily a lot of it. Uh, you know, the biggest one, um, the... What, basically retracing your steps, activity cards. Mm-hmm. So the, all of this stuff is very, very much new. I didn't read anything that was like, oh, yeah, that's been around for a while. I think a lot of that information has been there. It's been behind the scenes. A mm-hmm. lot of this is in your browser, your, right. your quote-unquote browser history, if you will. So Right. Um, so, yeah, the 
um, the feature that you just talked about was retrace, yeah, activity cards to be able to retrace your um, sites that you visited <laughs> from search through Google. And so basically, yeah, instead of having to look through your browser's history for what that website was, um, there's a way, this isn't for all queries. Um, they are somehow intelligently um, just showing this feature for only certain queries, but it will show up as a little mobile-style card if you've gotten used to those on, on your mobile mm -hmm. um, environment for Google. And it will list some recent websites that you had visited related to a query, if it's a query that you repeat in Google search. So that's interesting. I, I can see how that would be helpful. There's definitely times that I've wanted to return to something that sure. I've um, that I've visited. I mean, I don't always bookmark things, so... Yeah. Well, that's where apps or integrations or extensions like Pocket and things mm -hmm. like that are really great. And that's really kind of the direction that they're going mm -hmm. is almost like a sorry, not sorry to Pocket. But now you can keep track of your searches with collections. Yes. So collections in search, you can you can create collections and keep track of the content that you visited, whether it's website, article, images, and get back to it later. Um, they've they've had this feature for a while. If if Google.com is your homepage, you'll you'll sometimes see that uh, more or less curated at the bottom. This is going to be another iteration of that. Um, I. The thing that is frustrating about that, to, again, not to wax on them too hard, but um, attribution is going to be um, right. m much harder for us in the digital marketing space. Yes. And so if anything that, that comes out of this, I think I applaud Google for these advancements and making things easier on the user. But if, if we're not, um, I think if we don't start to see some more robust um, things coming to Google Analytics as it relates to attribution mm -hmm. and a cleanup there, um, this is going to be really difficult to, to try and track and, and to, you know, to share with someone yep. um, in so, terms of how their traffic is improving. Yeah. So, is, yeah, is it going to count as a new visit from organic search? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to be one of those kind of dark, direct visits that right. I know Pat's kind of exploring something that we can share here about that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is interesting. And this whole, uh, when you shared, um, you had sent us this link earlier this week. It was like, hey, guys, look at this. And um, so I read it right away. And the first thing I could think of was our conversation back in March when Google was testing the zero results search. Mm, SERPs. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is different in many ways because it's not like they're only showing one thing or, yeah. you know, cause this is a way for users to be able to kind of organize and revisit things. But it also made me think of how this could potentially, uh, prevent visits depending on the context. I guess. No, I, 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 but, I agree. So it's kind of adding to that concept. Um, Dr. Pete had written a great article about around the time of the zero results SERPs. Um, where he went in depth on Google's walled garden and how Google's trying to keep users more on their websites. And so uh, this is, these advancements are good because they're keeping, they'll, they'll ultimately keep users from kind of doing the pogo sticking mm -hmm. thing with, with search results. Um, it'll help them more quickly find 
probably what they're looking for. But then that's also maybe preventing some clicks. Yeah, and, and I think too, you know, that's a that's that's a big I think a big hat tip to Dr. Pete from Moz. There's been a few other Mozers, former, you know, Mazer Rand Fishkin, uh, as well as a few others that we've heard at industry conferences. Um for the past, I'm going to go back at least three years, if not four years, have have been predicting these types of things just based off of the the signals that they've seen and, and followed. Um, even the whole uh, the the changes with uh, knowledge graph um, in this whole um, I guess they call it topic layer. Oh yes. Um, to go even further on on your your idea of, well, I don't, again, I don't ever have to leave Google to get this information. So Google's going to scrape that content from somewhere. Are, okay, in this knowledge graph, are we going to call this, uh, is this a featured snippet? Are we going to be able to, um, you know, explain that to clients that we're working with? Or if you're, if you're in-house, you're going to be able to explain that to people that you're winning that space and how valuable is it, whether or not people click through. There's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of discussion that's going to come out of this, mm-hmm. this whole thing. So, um, but really their goal is, as they put it in their words, all of this enables experiences that make it easier than ever to explore your interests. Even if you don't have your next search in mind. Um, so I, I think that that's um, more of a bold statement into the, uh, the, the shift toward um, predictive, uh, predictive search, if you will. Mm. Um, so um, queries to query lists, ways of getting information, if you will. Um, you know, how, how do we get information without searching? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you read anything deep in, in on that one at all. Uh, more so along... I read something more so along the lines of the the new Discover. Was that Google feed? feed? Google Feed, yeah. yeah. Which you had, did you touch on that in last? No, you brought it up we this had, week. Um, I don't recall, but I know that uh, probably in a previous episode when of the podcast when the feed was first announced, I, I remember we talked about it then, and so the feed was something that would show up on your Google. Um, homepage, if you will, mm-hmm. um, if you're using the Google app on mobile or if um, possibly if you're using Chrome. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't use Chrome on my phone, so. Um, you Apple user. <laughs> so, yeah, it will be a kind of a curated feed based on what your interests are shown to be through your search activity, but then you can also... Um, add your interests so that it will curate things for you so it's it's customized for you but then you can also customize it and i think we also had that conversation about filter bubbles Mm -hmm. and all of that so if you're if you're familiar with how google news works now so news.google.com and and you're signed in if you're logged in and you can give it parameters you can say yes i like this no i don't like this i want to see more or less of this is it is it relevant or related to me um, so if you're used to that, think of it as that for all of your content and certainly more of a, a user-friendly approach uh, from what I've seen is more tile-focused, much mm. like Pinterest would be, much like boards. 
Um, you know, um, if you are a buyer of things off of Facebook Marketplace, or like me, I'm just a voyeur on Facebook Marketplace because I'm fascinated by the psychology of individuals and what makes them want to <laughs> sell their junk. Um, it now categorizes. I basically now have um, curated boards, if you will, based on the, the things that I've looked at and the, the items that I've looked at, totally furthering the filter bubble problem, maybe. Problem, but then also um, interest areas. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I, I could see it being valuable for being able to actually break through to the audience that's going to be looking for yeah. the information that you have to share. So. Which leads me into a side tangent about the fact that within you know this past year, we've been able to target um, audiences by interest in search ads. Mm which was a feature loosely only done well in display networks before, right? Because it was based on, well, these types of users are visiting this, this type of site content, so we place them in that category. Well, now that data has become way more refined, and we can target um, that audience, um, you know, searching for airline tickets, actively searching for airline tickets to a, a major city, and... And we can add an audience layer in there already that shows that they're in market. They're mm. actively seeking these things out. This is this is all, in my opinion, kind of what I see as interconnected um, kind of data layers. So, yeah, and interesting. Since I haven't personally seen the feed myself, um, which the feed, the Google feed, is now being switched over to Discover, is what they're calling mm-hmm. it now, and it's actually going to be in, uh, available in any mobile browser if you search google.com. So that means it's going to be forced to me as a Safari user on my phone. So if Google's your homepage is what you're saying. So google.com, it's going Mm -hmm. to be Um, avenue of, I want to advertise strictly to this filter, Mm -hmm. to this filter bubble. I I only, these are my people. Um, My people are interested in travel. They're savvy travelers. They're interested in food and um, specifically, um, uh, Mexico, whether it be Mexican cultures, whether it be travel to Mexico, that type of thing, all of a sudden, um, your content hyper curated for you, you're, you're consuming it probably at a greater speed than you would have normally. And I can advertise to you. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a, um, it's a win-win for both sides. Yeah. And how this will appear for the feed and the discover is, it will, Google will categorize in, they call them topic headers. <laughs> so I, I imagine that would be useful to any sort of, of um, audience targeting that might happen, you know. So um, let's say you're interested in an example that they give here is interior design. So that will, if that comes up in your feed or your discover, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> it will have that topic heading a above the content and then when it feeds you things you may be interested in it will have that topic header and you can actually choose to add that to your feed and so uh, you'll kind of see the kind of information that's being curated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and moving more into curation and content the other theme that really stands out is 
And this is, a, I think, is a trend that you can see. Google over the years has become more visual. So as, as stripped down as Google search has always been, uh, very different than, say, um, uh, Yahoo or Bing uh, have always had, you know, ads on their homepage, uh, a lot of news, a lot of different pieces of information pulled into it. Google has very much said, nope, we're a search engine. Come here and find your information. Now we start to see them become more visual. Hmm. And that's visual mm-hmm. responses in search. And we've seen that over the past couple of years with the increase in featured snippets, uh, knowledge graph and the various knowledge panels that you see, the influx and in, in improvements in, in local, uh, local search. Um, we know that that image search has gotten an overhaul and is rolling out, which is also integrated with shopping ads uh, for products. But um, so Google Images is completely uh, changing. Um, They're working to basically make it better for people to find information more visually. I've I've had a couple of really great discussions with um, uh, Jean-Luca, uh, from who runs the inbounder about this and why visual search and image search can bridge um, gaps in um, language. Mm. You know, because an image is more or less a universal sign to say this is what I'm looking for, this is what I need. And, and images are very difficult to describe in search. Um, it's very easy for me to go to, to Google with an image and search based on my own image maybe mm-hmm. that I took or just a simple description of what it is that I might be looking for and have thousands or hundreds of images that are refined come up in front of me to say, oh, yes, it's, it's that dress or it's, it's that, um, that product, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. So, uh, Did you read anything on the... I guess different renditions of AMP or AMP and AMP stories. No, I did not make it to that. So more immersive visual content with stories. Um, I think this impacts more of the news and media. You know, we've seen AMP, the we've seen the rise of AMP, uh, so accelerated mobile pages. And we've seen a lot of people get on that bandwagon and certainly win in some areas. But then... I believe it's always been geared more toward media and, mm-hmm. and news type outlets. And um, it's it's a fast, lightweight way to view content. Well, now it's, it's AMP Stories. Um, you can basically create a story on the open web. Um, so what Google's saying is they have publishers experimenting with the, with the format now, um, providing people with a more visual way to get information from search and news. So haven't haven't really seen this how this is gonna come like kind of come out. Um, but hmm. Interesting. nonetheless, yeah. Featured videos was finally talked about. Uh, we've seen that oh, yes. uh, on our own. I think Pat Pat actually in our office discovered it uh, quite a quite a few month uh, number of months ago. We confirmed it as a global uh, a global thing with the with the team in uh, distilled uh, in Europe and so basically if you go and do a search for say something like how to ride a bike how to repair a sink or something like that you're going to get videos that come up that um, are featured it's a featured YouTube video it it may or may not automatically fast forward to where it is those instructions Mm -hmm. are but uh, 
more or less, they have an understanding of the topic space and they're going to show the most relevant video and um, you're not going to have to leave Google to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be interesting to see how that continues to, to, uh, to grow as well. So, so very much more a visual, um, visual representation of the web. So uh, Google Lens, I personally have not been a Google Lens uh, fanboy, but <laughs> nah, we'll leave it there. So that's really the takeaways that I gathered from it, really trying to stick to their, their, three, their three main points there. Um, you know, personalization of the search journey years ago, uh, topic layers and answer boxes, Google Feed is now Discover, um, AMP Stories, and, um, you know, the other thing I think that, that should be mentioned too is some of the job searches and really anything that is... We've, we've talked about this before and we've seen others present on the, in the industry is is um, people ask us, depending on their industry, like, should I be worried about uh, Google capitalizing on it? Basically, uh, we see these things like um, conversion calculators and um, answers, featured snippets, not giving me a reason, the user, to leave Google. Mm-hmm. There's nothing driving me to say your your site, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what it comes down to is is, I think the more specialty you can be uh, the better off the better off you are meaning um, it might be that super hyper long tail yeah. uh, keyword strategy but that's something that Google may or may not I, I think they're less likely to to capitalize on that mm-hmm. you might win more traffic from being specialized and, and being the real authoritative source on it um, but the I do know that that they do quality rater guidelines in a couple different spots. So quality rater guidelines were totally touched on as well. And, um, so I think that that's something to pay attention to. So, um, if, if anything, you know, you take away from this, you see the, the impact and the changes to, to knowledge graph. Um, that's a clear indication that you again need to be focused on schema and micro formats and how you're feeding that data to Google, um, entity search, so again, it's less about just the single keyword and more about the theme. So thematically, how's my content organized? And um, what are we doing to make our sites lightweight and fast? Uh, because that's that's the direction that, that everything's going, at least the signals tell us anyways. So. What did we miss? Was that it? Was that Google in 20 years? <laughs> Pretty much. There was, I can't find my notes now. I must have, I must have lost them. But there was something else that I believe came out of, of this, you know, 20-year um, celebration too was um, the idea of their um, neural. I wish I could remember the term that they use now, um, but a way of okay neural matching to understand synonyms. Mm. So this is a way of using artificial intelligence um, to better connect words to concepts. Is this a direct quote from from Danny Sullivan? Um, so, uh, again, super synonyms in a way, um, and this impacts 30% of queries. Um, so the, the example that was used was, um, if you don't know what the soap opera effect is to be able to search for it, Google 
can figure that out. So the example was, why does my TV look strange? And Google was able to direct the user to results about the soap opera effect. Mm. Um, so this a little bit goes back to the conversation that we've had on previous episodes when Patrick was talking about like semantic search mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, keyword clustering, that sort of thing. But um, the idea of not having to optimize strictly for keywords, um, you know, like one keyword, um, the way you were looking at me, I was like, oh, no, he doesn't no, know no. where I'm going with this. No, but, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, so it, it's... You don't have to only optimize for keywords, but you're you're actually optimizing for concepts in a way. Totally. So you know, we're we. I think what we don't want to say we're not over generalizing and simplifying SEO. No. If anything, it makes it more complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it harder to educate. It makes it harder to educate a client. It makes it harder for you if you're in house to educate um, other marketing professionals on the importance of SEO. But it also goes back to maybe an approach that we've always thought about here, not to toot our own horn, but it's always about the individual behind the keyboard making the search. It's it's very much a human-centered approach to SEO. Um, and, you know, for a, for a moment, when you're develop- certainly when you're developing your content, screw thinking about links and where you're getting your links from and, and did we acquire more links, get that out of your mindset for a moment and... And really focus on developing that content that is going to be helpful. It's, it's authoritative. Mm-hmm. And, and it really works for the user. It gives the user what they want. Yep. And back to last week's episode, speaking their language. And that's what I think of with this, this example of the soap opera effect. If you, know, if you have some, t- some concept that you're presenting in your, in your content... What are some other ways that people might talk about right. what you're trying to present? Correct. And how can you incorporate that and, and make it easier for your information to be discovered when someone is looking for, for right. that concept? I guess that's very vague. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I, think, I, think there's, I, mean, there, I think there's a whole other piece there that can be explored. And maybe that's a, a topic of a blog post or even a whole other episode of the redirect. But... Um, really, today we wanted to dedicate it to you know twenty years of Google, um, and um, you know really if you look at all of the tech companies out there that we have right now, between Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those major those major major companies between um, big powerful search player to social uh, media giants, um, you know remember search continues to grow. Uh, we know that. Um, and uh, we'll, I, I think we'll continue to see search grow and be a major part of, of marketing focus for, for years to come. Grow and change. Absolutely. Constantly <laughs> changing, right? So uh, don't get caught up on those articles that say SEO is dead. SEO is changing constantly. So it's, it's more important, I think, than ever before to, uh, to, to really work closely on it. So cool. Awesome. Thanks for sharing your insights yeah. on what you read this week and, uh, and hopefully... Our listeners uh, got some benefit out of it too, so you don't have to go and read all the lengthy blog posts from Google out there on on what was covered and whatnot. We certainly will link to them in the show notes, so check those out at 
blacktruckmedia.com slash podcast. And uh, until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.